Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Jessica Domo. Hello, Texas, and thank you for joining us for Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Jessica Domel, sitting in for Carrie Martin. We're part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Transpecos and from the Panhandle all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley. How are things going in the agricultural land market in the Texas High Plains? I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll hear from local bank executives. Thanksgiving Turkey 101, safety tips in preparing the meal for the holiday feast. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan in Marshall, and it's a beautiful weather all the way through so far this year. Deer season is great. Lots of them getting taken. We're looking forward to more of it, plus the winter grazing is growing excellent with the weather and the moisture conditions that we have in East Texas. We'll have those stories, news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. New cattle on feed reports reveal a contracting national beef herd moving into the new year. Shale Shagum, livestock analyst for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, says this is not unexpected. Really, this report confirms a lot of what we were expecting. The number of cattle on feed on November 1st was just over 11.9 million head, which was a fractionally below, and by fractional I mean two-tenths of a percent below November 1st of 2020, or about 25,000 head. During October, producers placed uh, just over 2.2 million head of cattle on feed, which was about 2% above a year ago. During October, feedlots marketed just under 1.8 million head, which was about 5% below a year ago. Here in Texas, there were 2.85 million head in Texas feedlots with 1,000 head or more on November 1st. That's down 2% from the same time last year. Producers placed around 510,000 head in commercial feedlots in October. That is up 6% from 2020. Texas commercial feeders marketed 375,000 head in October. That's down 11% from October of 2020. Texas farmers and ranchers have a few more days to make coverage decisions and complete reporting activities for pasture, rangeland, and forage pilot insurance and apiculture pilot insurance. The deadline to apply for both was extended to December 1st this year to allow farmers and ranchers more time to submit the necessary paperwork. PRF and API are rainfall index crop insurance programs. They aid farmers and ranchers when a lack of rainfall affects the available forage for livestock and for honeybees. Again, the deadline to make coverage decisions and submit your paperwork is December 1st. Additional details are available on the USDA RMA website. You can also contact your local USDA service center for more. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has begun issuing about $270 million in pandemic assistance payments to eligible contract producers of livestock and poultry who applied for help. 
Earlier this year, the Farm Service Agency identified gaps in assistance. USDA then released an improved program for contract producers to help fill those gaps. FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau said, We listened to feedback from producers and stakeholders about the impacts across livestock and poultry operations and made updates to be more equitable in the assistance we delivered. Contract producers of broilers, pullets, chicken eggs, turkeys, and many other types of livestock and poultry were eligible. Agricultural land sales are hot right now. James Hunt joins us from Amarillo with that report. We're hearing about a strong market for agricultural land around the country, and based on my conversations with a couple of Plains Land Bank executives, that trend holds up in the Texas High Plains. Trent Tyson, Plains Land Bank branch manager in Amarillo, says healthy commodity prices are certainly one reason for an active sales pace, but the current lending environment also provides incentive. Low interest rates have caused people to see it more favorable to borrow that money to purchase, and it's a seller's market out there right now, so we have... uh a lot of buyers. A lot of our realtor partners will tell us that they have more buyers than sellers. And so usually when it's a seller's market, those values start coming up. Tyson says agricultural land values in the central panhandle area surrounding Amarillo are probably up by about 5 to 10 percent compared to two or three years ago, maybe more in some cases. Meanwhile, the increases may be a bit higher in the northern panhandle. Plains Land Bank Perryton branch manager Stephen Holmes says irrigated land in his service area is probably 30 to 40 percent higher compared to that 2018-19 time frame, and dryland cropland and grassland values are also up. And Holmes says when land goes up for sale, buyers move quickly. As of right now, it's really kind of mixed if it's a for sale by owner or through a realtor at this point in time. But in any case, if it comes up for sale, it is not taken very long before there is a purchase contract on it for somebody wanting to actually purchase it. Looking at local land values, depending on location, you can find grassland and non-irrigated cropland selling for somewhere around $1,000 an acre, maybe more, but expect to pay at least double and maybe even five times that amount for good irrigated cropland. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thanksgiving is just a few days away, and Tom Nicoletti joins us with some tips for this year's meal. My guest today is Beth Breeding. She is with the National Turkey Federation, serving as Vice President of Communications and Marketing. And Beth, Thanksgiving is later this week, and people will be cooking those turkeys uh, for the big holiday. Uh, Let's talk about some food safety tips that uh, you can provide for them as far as uh, when they uh, start that process. Absolutely. Properly handling and cooking your turkey is essential to a safe and healthy holiday meal that everybody's going to enjoy. All right, so uh, clean hands and surfaces, that's one thing that people need to keep in mind. Absolutely. We've all been washing our hands a lot more over the past couple of years, and that certainly applies uh, when we're in the kitchen. Make sure you're washing your hands, cleaning your surfaces. Anything that touches raw turkey should not touch, uh, you know, produce or vegetables that aren't going to be cooked. So keep those counters and hands clean. Um, And also making sure that you have a really simple tool, a food thermometer, a meat thermometer, that is going to be your number one go-to in the kitchen. You want to make sure your turkey is cooked to 165 degrees, and you're going to test it in the thickest part of the breast, right in the wing joint, and in the thigh to make sure it's done throughout. And people need to uh, make sure they do not cross-contaminate their foods. 
Absolutely, yeah. Anything that's raw should not be used with a salad or, you know, use separate cutting boards, use separate knives, making sure that uh, you're keeping the, you know, the raw foods separate from each other so nothing's getting all mixed up in there. That is Beth Breeding with the National Turkey Federation. I'm Tom Nicoletti with Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. James Duncan joins us next with a report on hunting season and winter grazing in East Texas. We get started this week. I know that all of the holiday season is right on us. Everything is just going great, it seems like, and especially with our hunters in East Texas. Now, many of our ranchers, they lease their ranches for the deer hunters, and the crop is being harvested right now, and it has been excellent. We also have, according to uh, the people that I have talked to, we've had two of the best youth programs this year in our hunting seasons, in the bow season and in the gun season when it got started, giving young people an opportunity to be a part of this great sport that we in agriculture love so much of harvesting deer. Then we get into the cattle business, and we're always waiting for that opportunity to see that price jump. A little bit maybe... Not as much as some people had been expecting, but we've got a lot of winter pastures planted and folks that didn't get exactly what they were looking for on those calves that they were beginning to market, they're going to hold on to them, put them on the green grass, and harvest them next year when it comes market time in 2022 for grazed cattle. Steer prices will be a little better. Weights will be a little better for sure. So that'll mean a little bit more money in the pocket. That's just the way you... You have to manage it nowadays to make sure that you get the most out of it. And then the cows with calves inside we should have a great uh, opportunity to keep calves coming throughout the winter this year and uh, have good grazing all the way through. Looking forward to it anyway. And East Texas is just blooming and blossoming with winter on the way. This is James Duncan reporting from Marshall for Texas Ag Today. The Vietnamese government made a recent announcement that benefits U.S. grain farmers. Vietnam revised its most favored nation tariff rates on imports of corn, wheat, and even frozen pork. Ryan Legrand is president and CEO of the U.S. Grains Council. He says that's very good news. Their government has lowered the corn tariff from 5% down to 2%, and we are now on par with all other nations that export corn to Vietnam. And that tariff put us at a disadvantage. We were at a disadvantage to Brazil and to Argentina, and now we're not. As long as we're competitive, and we have been in the last couple of years, we've been competitive. We've seen that with our increased corn exports. As long as we're there in the money, we'll get the business, and I think we'll get more business than we have in the past. He says Vietnamese buyers like the consistency and the reliability of U.S. corn. They like to know that when they order a vessel, it's going to get there on time, and we are the most reliable shipper in the world. He said it takes a lot of hard work on both sides for something like this to happen. You know, it takes fostering relationships, it takes building trust, and that trust with the Vietnamese government, trust with our U.S. government partners in FAS. You know, it's great to have them as a partner working in tandem to help lower these tariffs. So really, you know, it's about trust and building relationships. And in the end, Vietnam saw that by lowering this tariff, they can improve access to corn, improve the pricing into their rations, which ultimately helps their producers. That was Ryan LeGrand, president and CEO of the U.S. Grains Council.
Whooping cranes are making their way to Texas, and in fact, some of them are already here. If you see one, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service asks that you do a few things. I'm Jessica Domo, and I'll have that report coming up. For decades, dairy researchers, nutritionists, and veterinarians have focused on the transition period for dairy cows as a time of health and performance peril. Still, cows have problems during this period. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The transition period for dairy cattle is a significant time as that's when diseases can occur. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has that report. Transition period is the period of time from pregnancy to lactation or when the cows start giving milk. Maureen Hansen indicates in Bovine Veterinarian that for decades, dairy researchers, nutritionists, and veterinarians have focused on this period as a time of health and performance peril, and yet cows still have problems during this time period. The incidence of mastitis, metritis, or uterine infection, retained placenta, and poor fertility have not decreased and typically still make up 75% of mature dairy cow diseases. However, a group of researchers at Iowa State University are concerned the industry is looking in the wrong direction to find a solution to the problem. The team is led by Dr. Lance Baumgard, and they looked at nearly 400 published papers to review accredited views on transition and explore alternatives. They found that there is a widespread belief that excessive levels of an organic chemical called non-esterified fatty acids, or NEFA, in the bloodstream around calving time can cause high levels of ketones in the blood. And this, along with low blood calcium, can lead to these transition period health conditions. However, regulating NEFA and calcium levels have not proven to be successful so far. So rather than focus on these older options, the Iowa State group is concentrating on immune system function. They believe the immune system utilization of glucose and its induction of a decreased appetite are responsible for increased blood levels of ketones, which leads to poor health and lower milk production. The researchers are looking for methods to decrease activation of the immune system and reduce inflammation in these cows. If you have any topics you want me to discuss on Texas Vet News, contact me at texvet at txfb.org. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. As we told you last week, endangered whooping cranes have arrived in Texas for the winter, and some are still making their way here. If you happen to see one, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service asks that you take care not to disturb the cranes. Wade Harrell, whooping crane recovery coordinator for Fish and Wildlife, joins us with more. One thing we like to tell people is when they're in migration, they typically do fly during the day and then stop somewhere to rest at night. And so if you see one in the late evening or early morning, you know, they've probably been there or will be over there overnight resting. 
resting and so give them plenty of space and a quiet space to, to rest just like we would like on a long trip. The other thing is we do have, particularly for those sightings in Texas in migration, we have Texas Whooper Watch and uh, you can Google that. Uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife Nature Trackers host that Texas Whooper Watch iNaturalist site and so you can report that sighting online if you'd like and that's helpful to kind of track the progress of migration for us. A lot of opportunities down here, and once they're here in the winter, uh, if you've never gotten to see a whooping crane, to come down and then see them at uh, at Aransas National Wildlife Refuge, uh, Alb Refuge. Uh, there's also several private boat tours that uh, can take you out to see whooping cranes out of Rockport, Texas, and Sea Drift, Texas. And, and, you know, those are excellent things to do, great family activities over the holidays. That was Wade Harrell from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Again, the website that Harold mentioned was Texas Whooper Watch. You can find that by searching Texas Whooper Watch on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website or on inaturalist.org. After falling for the last couple of days, crude oil prices were on the rise again Tuesday after an announcement from the White House. We'll take a look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and the financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. back looking at another lopsided matchup Jim. today we have a combine taking on a train yeah that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine no competition there right especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train that's 18 football fields it's no contest every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings see tracks think train this message brought to you by operation lifesaver We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle markets rallied again Tuesday after a rally on Monday. Perhaps that's due to the cattle on feed reports the U.S. Department of Agriculture released on Friday, indicating fewer cattle in Texas and U.S. feedlots. December live cattle up 97 cents Tuesday to 135.40. February live cattle up 45 cents to 139.42. April live cattle up 52 cents to 142.80. January feeder cattle up $2.67 to 164.37. March feeder cattle up $1.57 to 165.67. April feeder cattle up $1.32 to 168.02. Now let's check the livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. You know, they have a sale in Beeville every Friday. The Butler family puts it on, Rodney Butler in particular. Rodney, how was this last Friday sale? Uh, I thought our market was pretty steady compared to la- the last week and thought we got along real good. Let's walk those pins. All right, we had 359 head of cattle, no horses and no sheep or goats. The 200, 300-pound steers were $1.28 to $2. Heifers $1.13 to $1.33. The 300, 400-pound steers were $1.27 to $1.93. Heifers $1.19 to $1.40. Your 400, 500-pound steers $1.32 to $1.88. Heifers $1.23 to $1.49. Your 500, 600-pound steers $1.29 to $1.54. Heifers $1.24 to $1.38. 
Your 600, 700 pound steers, $1.18 to $1.42. Heifers, $1.10 to $1.37. And your 700, 800 pound steers were $1.04 to $1.24. And the heifers were $94 to $1.09. Packer cows were a, little, were a little stronger this week in bulls. They brought anywhere from 25 to 69 cents. Packer bulls brought from 35 to 85. We didn't have any young stocker cows, and our bred cows brought anywhere from 575 to 975. And the pairs, we had three pair. I think they brought anywhere from 1075 to 1175, sir. All right in no sale this week no sir we'll be closed this friday today after thanksgiving hope everybody wish everybody a happy and safe thanksgiving tell everybody how to contact you rodney yes if i can help market your cattle we have three sales in december call me at 361-358-1727 or call me on my mobile 645-5002 neighbor that's it for walking the pins a production of the texas farm bureau radio network i'm your host larry marble i like visiting with you so much i'm going to be back again tomorrow good day December lean hogs down 50 cents to 74.15. February lean hogs up 25 cents to 83.27. November class 3 milk unchanged at 17.95 a hundredweight. December class 3 milk down 9 cents to 18.33 a hundredweight. March cotton down 31 points to $1.15. May cotton down 29 points to $1.14. December corn was up three and three quarters Tuesday to 580 and a half. March corn up four to 588 and a quarter. Wheat closed higher again today on concerns about quality of wheat in Australia due to some heavy rains that they've been seeing. July hard red winter wheat up 15 and a quarter to 864. December natural gas up 20 cents to 4.99. January crude oil up $1.96 at the close to 78.71 a barrel. That increase comes despite the announcement that the United States will release 50 million barrels of oil from its reserves. Now let's take a look at the financial markets and see how they fared. The Dow up 121 points to 35,740. The S&P 500 down 3 to 4,679. The Nasdaq down 130 points to 15,723. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.